This is the Best Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to Best Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, Managing Editor of Best Insurance Professional Resources. We're pleased to have with us today expert service provider Dan Thompson, President and CEO of DG Rehabilitation Technologies with offices in Ontario, Canada, and Arizona. Dan has worked within the litigation arena for over 15 years. He is a registered rehabilitation professional, registered vocational professional, and a certified life care planner. His company services include providing expert opinion to insurance carriers, attorneys, and medical professionals by assessing the needs and vocational capabilities for people with disabilities. Dan, we're very pleased to have you with us again today. And thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate it. Today's discussion is how changes to life care planning could potentially impact insurance claims. And Dan, for our first question today, tell us what is a life care plan and what is its history and purpose? Sure. Well, back in, as far as I can tell, in 1976 was the first recorded litigation mention of setting up life care planning. And our grandfathers in the industry are uh, Dr. Paul Deutsch and Roger Weed. And what they did was they tried to come up with a system that will educate the court on what is reasonable and necessary in terms of goods and services for an individual who sustained a catastrophic injury. And a catastrophic injury, of course, could be a brain injury, a spinal cord injury, amputation, severe burns, the whole gamut. And it's supposed to work in a multidisciplinary approach. So in other words, work with treating doctors uh, to come up with a foundation to justify going forward what would be needed for those individuals, as I indicated. And you're supposed to have, of course, a, uh, other methodologies in place so that this can stand up in court to a Daubert or a Fry challenge, depending on the jurisdiction you're in. And some of the other uh, criteria would be ensuring you have at least a minimum of three quotes, not to prejudice the cost too high or too low. And we, as the damages expert, are supposed to be dispassionate. In other words, we're not supposed to be a plaintiff or a defense advocate. We are supposed to you know, make our arguments based on the facts of the case. And so uh, to make it reasonable and necessary, doesn't matter what jurisdiction you're in, those are kind of some of the rules that we uh, have to adhere to. So, Dan, who does LCP or credentials accrediting bodies and how often is it done and how often? Sure. And how well, is it done? Sure. Well, we as uh, life care planners, we have our governing body, which is the International Commission on Healthcare Certification. And it's interesting, in Canada, there seems to be a real, um, I guess, gravitation towards occupational therapists. They seem to be the ones that are doing a lot of these life care planning and cost projections for individuals. Whereas in the United States, it seems to be physicians. There are a lot of physician life care planners, a lot of nurse life care planners. There are psychologists and other healthcare professionals, uh, you know, who are basically doing this. And in essence, to maintain our uh, CEUs, that's our education credits, 
we are we have to maintain you know at least 80 credits during a five-year period so that's when our renewal comes up and in essence we have to make sure that we are uh, uh, adhering to the latest and greatest and, and what's happening in our field uh, to make sure that we are current you know throughout uh, our licensure and, and making sure that we uh, keep that in place so Dan, what are some of the problems that might arise from current LCPs, both in Canada and in the United States? Well, I guess the, you know, one of the biggest things is that uh, in adherence to making sure that you are not prejudicing your cost too high or too low, there is a plethora of databases out there. So, for example, um, you could use uh, Medicare's L codes when it comes time for projecting the cost for uh, prosthetic devices. And in addition, in the United States, the nice thing is that there are huge databases such as Fair Health that use the CPT codes for any medical procedure. So that could be diagnostic testing like MRIs or uh, x-rays. That could be for a physician visit. It could be for uh, the actual operation that someone might need. And so the nice thing is you have those benchmarks in which to uh, drill down and ensure that you are accurately putting forth the right goods and services for that. And what I find far too often, whether it be in Canada or the United States, is that people don't adhere to those methodologies that we are taught in the course. And as such, a lot of their opinions sometimes come down to, well, I've worked in this field for so long, and uh, you know, basically what I say is true. And even if they are a physician by, by background or by nature, they still have to adhere to the fact that it's the quote-unquote treating doctors that are at least first in the pecking order, or they should have the most weight. And then we have to look at the holistic approach by also going by, I guess, consulting physicians or also going by the medical records themselves in which to come up with, you know, the uh, the projected costs. But in Canada, because we have socialized medicine built into our healthcare infrastructure, you know, there are legal issues that are based um, solely in Canada. And in the States, for example, um, you know, there, there's clear-cut rules such as collateral source rules. So we're supposed to assume that our projections don't take into consideration other potential sources such as, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, insurance. However, you know, uh, in some cases, the Affordable Care Act, you know, it was supposed to um, basically help uh, – uh, mitigate some of those costs because the individual would qualify for those services, whether there's insurance or not. So the the key is to come up with quote unquote reasonable and necessary projections going forward. So, Dan, what should insurance carriers be aware of, and what's the potential impact on claims? Sure. Well, I think what they really need to look at is uh, again making sure that the individual who's coming up with these life care plans is, uh, uh, you know, going to be fair and impartial. And far too often, as I indicated before, 
you know, a plate of narrative is inserted into the equation. And so uh, there may be millions of dollars at stake um, to ensure that the individual is getting what's reasonable and necessary and not necessarily what they want. And so uh, I think that's critical. Uh, I think also you have to make sure that the individual followed the proper methodology so that they did work in collaboration with the individuals treating doctors to come up with their plans to ensure um, that uh, the person's actually going to use these services in the future and to just make sure that it is going to be reasonable and necessary going forward. Dan, how do you see changes being implemented? Well, I, I think there needs to be uh, you know, constant reform. I think, um, as I indicated before, I think uh, Roger Weed had set up this infrastructure, you know, way back in, uh, um, you know, in 1976. Well, that's four years before my injury. So that's, there's 40 years that has transpired. And I think the best way to, um, to depict this is that my father, you know, was in the unions. And the reason he was in the unions is to make sure that people had proper conditions to which to work with. But by the time he retired, John, he indicated that there was more management than unions than there was in management. And I think what's happened here is that because there are uh, biases, both plaintiff and defense, I think it's it's imperative to ensure that things are um, uh, adhered to and that there has to be more, uh, I guess, scrutiny on the part of perhaps the International Commission on Healthcare Certifications part uh, to make sure that people are, you know, putting together plans that are reasonable and necessary that are based on the uh, science involved to make sure that they can hold up to a Dalbert and or a Fry challenge, use those databases that we talked about before, such as Medicare's L codes or using the CPT codes. And then this way, you know, it is going to be a fair and impartial plan going forward. And then what do you see for the future? Well, I, I see this, uh, you know, life care planning is fairly uh, new in its infancy. And when you compare that to vocational rehab, you know, that was set up way back in, in the 1700s, uh, clearly this is more of a fledgling industry. And so uh, I think through checks and balances and, you know, on both sides of the fence, whether you're plaintiff or, or defense, I think there's going to be, um, you know, reform. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, a need, even right now, the International Commission on Healthcare Certification is looking for accreditation um, through the American Standards Act. And that's a much higher standard than, you know, what we have already. And if and when, you know, that comes through, I think that will also ensure, uh, you know, a better quality product going forward and ensure that, of course, that uh, uh, people are getting a fair shake on both sides of the fence, you know, both now and in the future as well. So, Dan, thanks very much for joining us again today. Well, thank you very much for having me and uh, look forward to the next one. 
You've just listened to Dan Thompson, President and CEO of DG Rehabilitation Technologies with offices in Arizona and Ontario. And you can learn more about Dan's company at www.dgrehab.com. Special thanks to today's producer, Frank Vowinkle. And thank you all for joining us for Best Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, go to our webpage, www.ambest.com slash professional resource. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, and now this message. Best Insurance Professional Resources features valuable insurance industry content, including searchable profiles of client-recommended insurance attorneys, adjusters, and expert service providers. Brought to you by AM Best, known worldwide as a respected source of insurance industry news and information. Visit ambest.com slash claims resource.